Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Timothy Plain, and Ulrich Purcell is not here right now because, well, we're having internet issues. He might join us. I hope he does. Um, but I'm not alone. I've got Brian Storm with me. What's up, Brian? Hey, Tim. How's it going, man? <laughs> Good. Uh, my first solo episode. This is going to be interesting. So let me set you up a little bit so, so the audience knows who you are and how we know each other. Um, so we met, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you were 16 years old. Damn, it was that long ago? <laughs> <laughs> so you were, uh, you were part of the Conscious Youth Media crew, and I was volunteering at the time to... I don't know why, why we decided to work with you guys. I think it was my friend Jesse... Mm-hmm. wanted to give some money to an organization with this album that we'd recorded. Yeah. And he chose Conscious Youth Media Crew because they worked with like film equipment and gave like kids opportunities to like go shoot films. Mm-hmm. And so somehow we got hooked up with Conscious Youth and you were one of the kids that was in that program. And that's how we first met. Yeah. So I think you were 16. Yeah, I think I got to see YMC when I was 17. 18 maybe I, I was super young but uh <laughs> i remember walking into good views it was real dope yeah that's right so we brought you guys over to the ad agency so we could concept some commercial ideas mm-hmm. and then we we got schooled in life lessons because i remember hearing like a bunch of stories about the kids in that program and how they grew up and talking about how guns and prison were like a part of their everyday life and we're like what yeah no, that's that's wrong how how is that so it was it was a good learning experience for me too mm-hmm. and then after that you started doing music videos and we had stayed in contact and i remember you telling me that you're doing music videos for like six hundred dollars a pop and then around that time my coworker was recording a rap album and he needed <laughs> somebody to shoot a bunch of videos for him and so then i just like connected you guys together and then you guys shot a bunch of stuff yeah and that's pretty much that's like that's where the story ends for me so but i want to rewind all the way back to like you as a kid because i never really got a chance to sit down with you and talk to you about like where you grew up what was your childhood like i feel like out of all the kids in in the cymc program you're you're the one that i probably know the least about Mm. (laughs) so let's start with (laughs) What you grew up in San Francisco? Yeah, I grew up in San Francisco. Um, I think I was born at St. Luke's or Mount Zion, one of them. Um, there, there was this uh, old uh, building called Geneva Towers. Mm-hmm. On a, are you are you from San Francisco? No, but I've been there for twenty years. Okay, well, well, yeah. This, this building is like maybe before you got to San Francisco, but it's like in the Bayview Sunnydale area. But uh, Geneva Towers was like a hundred story project. And may, maybe it's, I think it was like the biggest, like, lower income, like, project building, like, in San Francisco, like, probably of all time. But, uh, it, it was, it was crazy, like, growing up over there. But I was only there for a, a couple years. And, um, when I was there, like, when I was five years old, I was, like, in a gang. And what? I, at yeah, five? At five, like, and, and I look back at that now, like, damn, like, it's, it's, it's blasphemous. It's crazy, like, just thinking back, like, damn, at five years old, I was in a gang. I remember and this uh, is while you were at Geneva Towers. Yeah, while I was at Geneva Towers, like I remember um, a group of kids. They uh, they told me and my brother, like, "Yo, I want you, I want you guys to beat up this kid." It was like a Samoan kid, 
and they just wanted us to beat him up just because he was like you know Samoan different race mm-hmm. and me and my brother were like nah that's, that's stupid so so they kind of like <laughs> turned on us and like it's me and my brother yeah. and this Samoan kid like fighting all these kids but um so I was in Geneva Towers for a little bit and then I moved uh to Diamond Heights and um and that's when I really started first messing around with a camera. My my brother, he was into basketball. So he was always driven to basketball. Um uh, we had like a like a dip court. We called them dip courts. Uh do you you ever heard of a dip court? No, what is that? <laughs> Explain it to me. So so there's like two different ways uh you could make a dip court. One is like a like a crate. You could take like an old mill crate and you could like cut out the bottom and then you could like hammer it to like whatever wall. So, uh, <laughs> so, so we do that. We like hammer a crate to a wall and then, uh, we had that set up. And then there was like the ones you would get from Walmart where you can like kind of put sand or water into the base and then you can yeah, like lift right. the court. Yeah. So, so it's like a makeshift basketball court. Yeah. Yeah. Makeshift. So, um, like, why do you call it a dip court? Um, uh, well, we used to call it dunking dipping. Like, oh, you dipped on them. Like, oh, you dunked on them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, what was unique about like Diamond Heights? Um, we had one backyard, so it was, it was this large community, and we all shared the same backyard. So, um, how big was that backyard? Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to measure it. Uh, may, maybe the size of like two basketball courts. Okay. Um, yeah. So so everybody in the backyard would like be down there at once, like, and it'd be like. A bunch of a bunch of games happen simultaneously. Like people will be playing baseball over here, people will be playing basketball right here, they be playing football right here, <laughs> people will be playing gymnastics, and then um, the balconies face the backyard. So like, if you weren't outside, you could just like walk out on your balcony and see everything going on. Yeah. So so it was like it was booming, you know. Like it was a lot of stuff to record, and uh, I, I started off just recording my brother playing basketball. Then we started filming the other stuff around the neighborhood. And, Where did uh, you get the camera from? Um, I think my, my brother, he had a job and he bought the camera. <laughs> I think he bought it just so, so I could record him. But what, uh, what kind of camera was it? It was, a, uh, I believe it was a Sony Hi8. So you had tapes. Yeah, we had tapes. We had the, the big fat tapes. <laughs> and um, right. and, and we, we, we kind of like, people called us like the Hughes brothers in the neighborhood because we were like always... Ah, oh, that's right. The Hughes brothers. They're from San Francisco, right? I think so, yeah. But um yeah, we were always recording like everybody's like, you know, pretty much everybody growing up. And um like we Well were you, were you shooting stories or were you just documenting what you saw? I, I was just documenting. Um we, we started to take this take the footage and form stories, um, when we started to edit them later. But uh when we first started editing, like, we didn't know anything about any kind of software, like, or, or bringing, like, the tapes onto computers. Like, that was never, like, an, an option for us or an idea. We, we pretty, <laughs> we pretty much took, like, the high eight tapes and, uh, we recorded it onto a VHS tape. And that was, like, our editing system right there. Oh, man. You had a similar experience to me then. Cause that's how I, I started too. Oh, you did and it I too? Gotta, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I would have to, like, set up, uh, my camera next to like a VCR mm-hmm. and I'd have to press record in the VCR and play on the camera to like create edits. Uh-huh. So every time I had an edit, there'd be like uh, the the tracking bars on the video would kind of like go up. Mm-hmm. So you, you would never have a clean edit and it was never like yeah. exact. It was like within a second of what you wanted. Um, but yeah, like I didn't, I didn't have any computer stuff when I was growing up. 
Yeah, the the clean edits you got lucky on those. Yeah, yeah, we we even added music to it too. Like we would plug in the boom box. Oh yeah, and... I had like a Radio Shack mixer, and so I would like have a CD player going through the mixer in one mm. channel. I would have the camera going in through the mixer on another channel, and I would be like my tape master on the camera. Oh, so wow. then I'd have to play music. Uh, it was almost like being a DJ, so I'd have to play music at the same time as the video was playing. You know, swap out tracks and fade them in and out. And so it was, it was all like choreographed, orchestrated mm-hmm. music scoring to <laughs> to the, the movie. And we got like the same uh, editing background. <laughs> it's crazy. It helps though, right? It yeah. kind of helps because it, it gives you a different perspective on it. When I feel like when you start editing on computers, uh, there's almost too many options. Yeah. You don't have to think about something when you do it. And I think maybe that's why I kind of, I'm stuck on Final Cut 7 because I started on the VHS, you know. I don't know, it's kind of like old, the old school. Yeah. What was the, what was the first, like, story that you told on film? Do you remember what that was? Well, um, my, my first, um, short film was called Homeless in the Heart. And, um, it's, it's basically just, it was like a documentary talking about, like, homelessness in San Francisco. My uncle, he was homeless, so I kind of, uh, I, I guess I, I I got inspired to tell the story based on that, and um, that was actually like my first film that I made in CYMC, and it was just mostly like just you know basic questions, just going around talking to different um, homeless people. Well, how did you get involved with CYMC? At what age was that? You said seventeen. Yeah, seventeen. Um, there was a guy named Lucky. Um, I think he stayed like a couple blocks down uh, from me. And uh, he he started CYMC with Deborah Koffler, uh, Richard Richard Vargas, that's his name. And uh, he he just knew us from the neighborhood, and he started the program. And he was like one of the first people that that came to mind when uh, the program started. He's like, yo, these these kids cats are just you know editing videos on their VHS tapes. And <laughs> I need to get them in this program. And um, so my brother he went first. He uh. And he, I don't even think he really told me about it. He just went to the class and he, uh, I guess he went and edited like some of the videotapes. And, uh, I, rem- I remember this day, like, Claire's, Claire's like, like, he came home. I think he got home like late, like at midnight. And he woke me up out of my sleep. He's like, hey, Brian, check this out, man. Check this out. <laughs> and he showed me like all the tapes that I had recorded, like, with music and, and the cuts were so sharp, like, like, I guess I seen a ghost, like, my eyes were just, like, super wide. I was just, like, my heart was beating. I was like, what the hell is this, man? And just, like, instantly, I just wanted to be a part of it, you know? And um, I think I got into CYMC, like, the year after him. Oh, cool. Um. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you, because I remember when I first met you, you had, uh, I think it was a DVD of a bunch of, like, basketball antics. What were those videos called? Fact, streetball um, videos. Yeah, streetball videos. Unprotected hoops. It was like um, <laughs> yeah, unprotected hoops. When yeah. did you make that? Um, I think well, we started early two thousand into two thousand six. Uh, we we created these streetball basketball tapes, and basically, streetball is it's like a mixture of Harlem Globetrotters and NBA, just kind of um, fusing a you know just like a, a improv type situation, but. Um, I feel like they were the skate videos of like those neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, just uh, you know, just raw, just just uh, it's kind of like graffiti. Um, it's just raw talent, just just going out there. But we, we we pretty much like packaged like a DVD of all the basketball 
footage that we accumulated at different gyms, and uh, we uh, recruited like different basketball, streetball players, and uh, we packed it into a DVD that we were able to send out to people out in Tokyo and Canada, you know, various places and stuff. <laughs> well, there was like, I feel like there was a big movement at that time with those streetball videos, because I feel like even Dave Chappelle made fun of them. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like they they had episodes, um, and one had episodes on ESPN, and um, it was the thing. You know, it was like it was like yo-yos. You know, everybody was doing it, <laughs> like yo-yos. Yeah, you know, just like <laughs> you were back in the day, everybody had a yo-yo. They had the brains and the the fireballs. And... Yeah, yeah, I had a I had a yo-yo. It was um, I the yo-yo that I had was like an automatic yo-yo. It had like this weird like gyroscope in it, and when it when it was spinning at the bottom of the string it would like come back up automatically after a few seconds i don't know why they made it that way mm. but yeah so street ball go yeah. back to go back it, to the street yeah, ball yeah, it's I got real complex yeah uh, well yeah basically um it, it was really popping like um around 2003 2004 um and i guess they really it didn't really it was so many different subcategories of street ball that it was hard to define it so people lost interest i think so I just got a message from Ulrich. He says that um, Comcast says there's an internet outage in his neighborhood and it oh. will not be fixed until noon. That sucks. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to text him back. I fucking hate Comcast. I'm like, damn, dude. That sucks. We're well into the conversation. We'd love to, we'd love to have you. I'll, t- I'll tell him to send me his questions. Okay, so yeah. I, so I could, because he said he had a bunch of questions for you. Okay, yeah. I'll that, be sure to, that'll be work. Sure to add. He'll, so he'll be here in spirit. That's all we need. All right, so you, you got involved with CYMC kind of like at the tail end of high school. Yeah. Did After you graduated high school, did you go to film school? Um, I mean, film school, I mean, that would be like a NYU or... Well, I guess I mean I went to the Academy of Art, so nothing that fancy. But yeah, just like any any sort of program, any sort of college program yeah, yeah. after high school. I, I, t- I took like a ton of workshops. Um, San Francisco State they had like a College of Extended Learning where mm-hmm. they taught like intensive Final Cut Pro and editing software classes. So I took a bunch of classes there. Um, I think I got like an Apple certified degree there. Um, went to City College, took a bunch of classes there. Um, I was like a teacher assistant where I taught like web design. So so I took like a bunch of classes and accumulated experience. I didn't necessarily go to like a you know a film school and graduate. Yeah. And then at what point did you start shooting music videos? Um, I think like after I did Unprotected Hoops, um, I found like a like mind this guy named Mike Ward. He was kind of doing the same thing as me. He was making uh, well, he was making music videos. I was interested in doing music videos. And uh, he had a company called Daydream Films. And uh, me and him, like, we just really clicked. Like, whenever he had a project going on, he would tell me, vice versa. And I just went out there. We, like, started to work so much together. Like, hey, man, we might as well just, like, team up and, like, you know, create something. And um, it came down to, like, two names. Like, is it going to be Daydream Films or is it going to be Dream Chaser Films? I was like, oh, man, let's do Dream Chase. I want people to think we just daydreaming, <laughs> just sitting around. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, so I, I create the the logo. And, um, yeah, pe- people, uh, whenever they meet me, they always be like, oh, man, I recognize your logo. 
and um yeah we just just uh got a popping sense that's cool so what was the first music video you directed um the first music video I directed i probably would say it was for uh this guy in my neighborhood named b nutty uh i, I remember uh it, it was it was crazy like we <laughs> the police they were like on our heads like the whole day like we, we must have got like stopped like seven times and, and, we, and we put it all in it <laughs> we put it all in the what video were you guys shooting uh, i mean we were all in the neighborhood like we were um we were jumping on top of like gr- roofs and garages and like you know just rapping in front of bus stops whatever you know just just a free-for-all so they just saw a mob of kids hanging around, and they're like, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, and then I remember uh, one time uh, <laughs> the police, they came up to us, and they said, yeah, we got a call of some guys dancing on the corner. And we said, <laughs> officer, like, a call dancing on the corner? But, uh, but yeah, it was real gorilla. It was real fun, you know. And, uh, yeah, I feel like the, the style that defines your music videos is very much like how you started, mm-hmm. where you're just kind of documenting the neighborhood and like the realness of it you're not trying to stylize it in any way yeah you're just kind of capturing what's there and a lot of handheld stuff right yeah yeah i do, I do like a lot a lot of handheld um i'm like slowly uh you know transitioning over to you know um phantoms and drones and, mm-hmm. and all those things but when you first started out it was really just like grabbing it they, they weren't giving you a lot of money so you just really had to like grab a camera and just use what was around you to to make these videos. Yeah, just just breathe slow, tuck your elbows in. Um, just things I learned at at uh, CYMC and just just uh, just watching tapes afterward and seeing ways I can improve. You know, what's the what was the what was the um, the B Nutty video that first one that you did? What was the concept behind it? Uh, Besides people just like dancing around. Well, I guess I guess the concept started to shift. Um, when uh the situation shifted like in terms of like the police just like harassing us we like all right man let's make it about let's make it about them bothering us like so like so you started incorporating the police like not bothering you but har- they weren't harassing you they just were just kept asking questions yeah, yeah they kept asking you incorporated questions. them into the story yeah yeah so they pulled up on us like seven times so we just threw out the video like you saw each stop <laughs> <laughs> did they tell you to put the cameras away or anything um no, no, they didn't tell us to uh, put the cameras, but I just uh, remember something. I remember one time we were filming on top of the roof, and the police, they were coming up the hill, and they were looking for us, and, like, we were on the roof, and, like, we could see them, but they couldn't see us, and they, like, drove right past, and we were, like, laughing. Were you scared of the police growing up? Um, I, I, I disliked them. I wasn't scared of them. I, I felt like they were always, mm-hmm. you know, bothering me. Do you feel like you got, like, profiled as a kid? Did you ever get stopped by the police and, and just profiled? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Like two too many times to count. Can't even count on my fingers how many times I've been stopped. Because I remember that was like one of the stories that I heard at like CYMC. All those kids telling me stuff like that. Just like I just never had to deal with it. So it's mm-hmm. like in some ways it's easy when you grow up as like this white suburban kid to just not even know that 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 is an issue that it exists. Yeah. It feels like people are talking more and more about it now. But I think for a while, people just kind of like just didn't believe it, didn't didn't really feel like it could be real. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's real, real. Like and like even if it happens like a long time ago, you may think like, oh, did that really happen? Like it's like it's still happening today. Like yeah, it's still happening today. Yeah, I don't know if you if I told you um, things maybe like two years ago, I was I was going to see a movie. I think uh, the Great Gatsby. I'm not sure when that came mm-hmm. out. Yeah, the Baz Luhrmann film. 
Yeah, I was going to go meet some friends, and uh, I ran out the house to go catch the bus, and I, I went to jail that day. Like, I, I just, uh, they, they said they were looking for somebody that stole, like, an iPhone, and, uh, and I matched the description. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that was, that was, like, my first time going to jail. I was like, I said, are you serious? Like, I looked them in the eye, like, you for real? They're like, yeah, you're going to jail. Because you matched the description. Yeah, but the guy that they were looking for had dreads, and he was, like, 20 or 30 years older than me. <laughs> But I just I had to sit in the cell and let them figure that out. Oh my gosh! But um, but yeah, I mean, like it, it. I think that incident like really like hit me. Like all the other times, I'm like, right, I'm getting harassed. You know, it's just the usual. But some sometimes, you know, it can go another up another notch. So I don't I don't understand. Like, how can you how can you be put in jail for something that you didn't do? Especially when it sounds like you didn't even really fit the description. Yeah, I I, I, don't, I couldn't understand it. They, they said that I was in a neighborhood where it happened, and I was running. But uh, the bus literally came, like, in one minute, like, and it, and it drove off and stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, probable cause can be anything, you know? It could be any sort of evidence that I had a beard. It was It's cold in San Francisco, so I always try to grow my beard out. <laughs> so I'm always going to... Well, a beard is not dreadlocks. Yeah. <laughs> So were not. you able to at least tell your friends that you're not going to make the movie? Um, no, I, I, not, I, um, I think I wasn't able to tell them until I got out. And then also, oh um, I was in there for like a couple of days, so I had like video shoots that weekend that I missed. And it sucked. So I think Ulrich is on now. Yeah, wow, heavy stuff, guys. <laughs> hey, hey, Ulrich, I, I think I saw your name on there. Like, did he come on? Or? Yeah, how's it going, Brian? Good, good to meet you, man. Uh, good to meet you, too. Yeah, what a what a that's a tough uh, tough conversation, man. Tough tough situation. It's 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 crazy though, because I I saw a documentary about this same thing um, earlier this year. Oh, that's that's right. At the, with yeah. the strange things, you, you were there. There's yeah. there's a few documentaries. About yeah, it. yeah. And there was a, there's like one what about like what that kid just like riding his bike around. Yeah, the he was just riding his bike, and then all of a sudden the cops just roll up and they're like, oh yeah, he's uh you know he masked, fits the description. We're gonna take him in. He he was running from us. He showed that like you know whatever, and he's just trying to get home to his family. And his dad defended him, and then his dad ended up getting thrown in jail because of it, and not the kid. It's just this yeah, crazy right. messed up situation. And it's just like, why is that even, why would that ever happen? That's, it just seems insane. Yeah. That shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. Hey Man. Tim, did, did, did you see, um, the incident with, uh, with the police, uh, at the video shoot that I, that I was in? No. Tell me about that. Well, um, and, and it was something that, that kind of went viral. Like I, uh, I posted it on my Facebook, but, um, it was like a, maybe like a year ago I was shooting a video in uh, the Bayview zone, I think I was in Harbor Roll, and we were in the middle of a video shoot. Like the guys were rapping, you know, they were standing in front of the camera, and we got ambushed by like twenty cops, and they like came out with their guns, just like drawn out, told us to get on the floor. And we were like, "Hey, we're shooting a video." They're like, "Get on the floor," and they like just searched everybody, took pictures of everybody. And wow, it's 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 like, and it's crazy because um, I had my camera in my hand. And I was just thinking about, like, all this shit that's going on, like, you know, in the media with the police. I'm like, damn, man, like, I, I really felt like somebody's about to get shot right now. Oh, right. Yeah, so, so I, and, and, and the artists were like, yeah, man, keep recording. Like, and I just, I, I couldn't even recall if the button, like, if, it, if the camera was still recording or not. But, um, like, I, I kept the camera rolling. And um, somehow, some way, like, they, they took the camera out of my hand. But, like, 
they set the camera down and they didn't turn it off. They didn't think to turn it off. Oh, mm. wow. That's crazy yeah, and, that they wouldn't think to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's crazy. Like, in the way they angled the, the camera, like, was right at us. So, like, you saw them, like, putting us all up against the wall. And Wow. It's, it's crazy. Like, this video is on, it's on YouTube right now. But um, And then how does it end? What happens? They, um, they let you go? Well, yeah, yeah. They, they, they detained us for, like, two hours. Um, then they let us go. For what? Did they tell you why? Well, there there was like a lot of stuff going on that day, but they I think they were looking for somebody or mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you have guns out or anything or anything like that while you were shooting? Like anything that would look suspicious or were you just shooting a video, just rapping whatever? Uh we were just rapping whatever. Like there there was no guns on, on tape or anything. Damn man. Um, it's it's just the neighborhood, you know, it's just it's it's almost protocol that, you know, people could be searched or, you know stopped any time I, th- yeah. I think if you're like if you have any, a record like you could be stopped to search whenever yeah so how many times have you been stopped while shooting a music video or any video um too many times every single time every single time really well, not every single not every single time but uh it, it's been like a handful of times you know man yeah, because it's funny, like, I just overheard Timothy talking about, like, you know, his experience, like, being white, like, never, ever having to deal with this kind of stuff. And it's like, I just, it's just weird, because, like, you know, when I have cops approach me on set, and I talk to them, like, every single time that I've talked to a cop on set, they just either go away, or or uh, are really, like, nice, and just give us a warning, and that's it. But yeah, I'm sure right. that it sounds like your experience is the exact opposite. And that's just that's fucked up. <laughs> you know, and, and it doesn't even have to be like a group of like 100 guys for, you know, for you to be bothered by the police. I was a uh, I shot a video last week um, and it was like a video about Black Lives Matter. And um, it was like two or three guys on the song. And it was just um, this day. It was me, uh, one of the artists and uh, his daughter. We were like in front of City Hall. And uh, we were just like you know rapping in front of City Hall, <laughs> and a cop car he drove onto the onto the onto the curb, and he just like circled and just like looked at us, and it was weird, you know. Wow, that, and that's it. He didn't did he get out of the car or anything and say like ask no, for a just, permit? No, he just drove by and uh, circled and looked at us. And it, was, it was like okay. Wow. I don't know. Just I guess you you get used to weird stuff like that with the police. Or it's yeah. just you know. Well, I mean, how many times, because, well, first question is, like, do you generally just shoot gorilla style, or do you ever get permits for, for doing these shoots? And then, second question, if you've ever, have you ever been asked for a permit, or has it always just been some other bullshit? Um, I, I've been asked for a permit before, um, and, um, yes, it's just a flip of the coin, like, um, sometimes we go into a situation with permits, um, a lot of the times, honestly, we, we don't, um. I think when you do certain things, they, they require permits. Like if you're like setting up lights and a tripod, um, you'll need permits for that. Like, you know, being like in a public area. But like say if you're like, you know, on a mountaintop or, you know, or wherever, you know, you could just do that kind of gorilla. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've done it both ways. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and it just kind of depends on like whoever is paying for it or whoever's project it is, if they want to risk yeah. it, you know, and I always like present it like, hey. Like, we could probably just get away with it, but, like, if we go out there and we don't have a permit, they could shut us down, but we don't know what the yeah. likelihood of that happening is. So, yeah, yeah. You, you know, it just depends. But, I mean, 
I think it's really interesting that some of these situations you're describing, they don't even ask you about permits. They're just, you know, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> they're just suspicious, yeah. generally yeah. suspicious. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Permit is usually like the least of their concern. Damn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm probably like, like nine times out of 10, when we get stopped, they never ask for a permit. Wow. Yeah, I feel like if we're worried about cops on our set, we're just worried about our shoot getting shut down. But it sounds mm-hmm. like you could go to jail. Yeah. The let's let's go to the success of the Lil Dicky videos because I want to find out like what happened after that because I remember that was like a huge moment. You even texted me and you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> the, the, the Lil Dicky video that I directed got like a million views." Now yeah, that's it has crazy. like. 30 million views on like several of of those videos like combined mm-hmm. like it's insane are you still working with Lil Dicky uh yeah um not not as much because he moved uh, uh to SoCal and stuff but uh you know we're we're in contact and and he has like a I, I go and shoot content with him like here and there uh I just went to Europe with him I think oh, wow. um when we got here, I think it was like maybe like two or three months ago. It's it's that's cool. It's it's crazy because um he hit me out of nowhere like B, you ready to go to Europe? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, for, I'm like for real? I was I was like wolfing like yeah yeah I'm ready. I even have a passport. <laughs> that's cool. So you guys are still friends? Yeah yeah like um yeah like we we when we were doing ex boyfriend and uh, white dude and all these videos like we were in each other's faces like. More than we were in any anybody else's faces, you know. We uh, spent a lot of time editing, filming, prepping for all the videos. So uh, we we got close, and we became uh, more than just like you know. We became uh, friends, you know. It's not just business partners. Yeah, yeah, more than just business partners, you know. Yeah, because like the the story for for everyone and probably Ulrich too is that um, Lil Dicky used to work at my company. Like he was he's a he was a creative, and so he was on my. NBA project and he asked me if I had any recommendations for uh, kind of like a shooter to help him make a bunch of music videos because his idea was I'm going to record a rap album I'm going to make a bunch of music videos and then I'm just going to like release a music video every week Mm -hmm. and just try to get famous wow and so what were the two videos the first two videos were white dude and ex-boyfriend well the first video we shot was staying in um, and did anything happen with that video? Yeah, staying in, it uh, got a couple million views. Um, oh, yeah, just a couple million, whatever. Just yeah, a few. No big deal. Just a, few you know, just a couple so, million, you know. Yeah. After so that, all first those, million, we were like, all right, man, we, we did something. A lot, here. All those like early music videos did really well then. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we um, we shot like five or six, and we put those on the shelves. We we originally were going to release all K. We felt like that was gonna be like the biggest one, like like oh man, it's gonna blow everybody out the water right here. But um, yeah, just he he decided that he wanted to release ex boyfriend first and um, made a good choice and and it hit one million views in one day. Wow! <laughs> and did anything change for you after that? Like, did anyone call you and be like, "Hey, Brian, I want to work with you because you just directed this music video that's doing well." Yeah, like um. A lot of people that I started to meet, um, people that hit up my website or contact me, reached out like, "Yeah, I seen the little Dicky video that that you did." So, I got a lot of notoriety off of that, and um, and kind of it was a good selling pitch for me too because you know it got like a million, you know, millions of views and stuff, and it was such a great video that everybody loved. So it definitely like you know worked for me. 
Do you still use it like when you're meeting new artists to like try to convince them to to work with you? Do you like just show them the little dicky videos like, hey, check this out. These are my or do you have a, or do you show them like your website now? Or I mean, I'm, what I'm guess, getting at is, is it still like a big tool for you to bring people in even today, like three years later? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, still a big tool for me. Um, it's one of my favorite videos as well as like, you know, one of the, the most uh, viewed, you know. So uh, I use like current videos and sometimes I, I'll, I'll bring, it depends on like who I'm working with too, like what video I'll, I'll pitch. But right, um, right. yeah, I still, I still have his, have his videos on, on my website. Um, another, so here's a question for you. Like when you were, when, when you saw that 1 million hits in one day, cause I imagine that was, was that the first time that you got a million hits on a video in one day with the little Dicky thing? Hell yeah. So what yeah, was, was going through your mind? Like, what what did you think would happen? Like, what was your expectations at that point? I, I don't know. It was, it was, I mean, Lil Dicky, like, he, oh, I, he, he kind of had a hunch, like, okay, this might, this might be good. But me, like, I, I don't know. It was, it was really unexpected for me. I, it was weird at the same time, you know? It was unreal. Like, I, it, we, we put in, like, a lot of hard work, you know, and I, I knew like a lot of people were gonna see it, but like I never would have imagined like a million people would see the video. Wow! And just like and all the feedback and the love, and it was, it was, it was crazy, man. It's it's hard to describe the feeling. Did you um, like I mean I I guess you know I just jumped in this conversation, so I don't really know uh what you guys covered or, or not, you know. But like from my point of view, if I were you, like the first thing I would think if I had a video with a million hits, I would be like. I would try to target artists that I like that I want to work with and just yeah. send them my content and be like, Hey, check out this video I just did. It's like a million hits. Like, you know, like pr- probably start with like local artists, like E40 or, or whatever. And, and like, just like go from there and just try to like really build up to like a, a level where I'm like working with people who are, are kind of like really well known. Um, mm-hmm. did you ever try anything like that? Um, at, at that point or ever, or is that something even that you're even interested in doing? Like, you know, I'm just, just curious. I was I was big before a little dicky. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was what. Now I, I actually worked <laughs> with uh, I, I worked with pretty much everybody in the Bay Area uh, before a little dicky. So I worked with E Forty, oh, okay. Mr. Fab, the Jacka, you know, all these guys and stuff. Um, but what I did with little dicky was you know it was very special. It was very different. Um, mm. So you already uh, were I, I, at that level, okay? So I, I guess I see that. Well, what, well, I mean, it's it's, it's 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 different levels, and and even when um like sometimes I go on tour with Little Dicky, and I mean like a bunch of different people that you know aren't necessarily you know in the Bay Area that that I can say, hey, I you know I shot this guy's videos, you know this is you know here's my work, blah blah blah, and I can meet a lot of people that I want to work with face to face and make those connections. So um. Yeah, yeah. So when when I'm out with him, I, I definitely uh, try to network with different artists I come across and stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, like Brian has shot like so many music videos. Like I remember the before I introduced you to Little Dicky, I was just like kind of blown away with the uh, the amount of content you shot. I think the struggle was less about like finding the right connections and more about just getting paid for it because it does it just sounds like generally in the music video field because everyone wants one there's just not a lot of money for the for people to shoot them yeah so i think one of the conversations we had was like how do you 
how do you get bigger budgets on music videos? There's, of course, there's the, the Kanye West and Beyonce's of the world that are mm. spending a ton of money on their music videos. But then there's like a whole segment of, of artists that are just working at the bare minimum, like a thousand dollars for like a, as a budget for a music video, mm. or like maybe up to ten thousand dollars. Yeah. So have you figured it out? Like, how do you get to that next step, like, how, or the next level? How do you get people to pay you more for your music videos? Or are you just kind of stuck with whatever they can pay you? Well, it's I don't know. It's 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 um, it's it's going to be like a little bit complicated. Um, it's it's not always about money that'll um that'll help you like you know reach like a bigger budget or. Or, or whatever, but like some sometimes I, I think like a, a couple years back, like I was doing like a bunch of videos, and you know I was getting like you know, a lot of money for the videos, and then I encountered uh, an artist that I wanted to work with that had like a lot of buzz, and they're like, oh yeah, um, I'm I'm with like their managing team, they're like, oh what you been up to, like what have you been working on, I'm like oh, I've been doing this and this and that and that, but uh, I w- I was working with artists that didn't really have like a buzz, so they they thought I wasn't working at all. Mm. So, mm-hmm. so sometimes it's like a popularity game. It's a numbers game. <laughs> you, you may right. you may shoot a video that you know you'll get ten grand for it, but it, it'll have only a hundred views. So, um, right. and, and that'll kind of, and that'll kind of put like a cap on you. You know, like okay, I'm only gonna get ten thousand dollars, you know, per video because I'm working with these artists, blah blah blah. But um, like, say if you do like a video for only like a couple thousand, you you can get like. More, more, it can reach more people, and um, you can like come across different artists and you know different budgets, whatever. Well, so are you saying that it's less about it's less about the money and more about how it performs in the end? Yeah. It, well, here's another question: Like, is it all about views, or is it like the views for the right artist? Like, you know, if it's somebody who is got some buzz around them and is is kind of blowing up. And they get a lot of views. Obviously, that's a good thing. But if it's like a ton of views of the artists that no one cares about, does that those views even matter? You know, like it. I don't. That's. I don't know. If that's a. <laughs> I mean, nowadays, like you know, there's, there's everybody's like paying for views too. Um, uh, yeah, like right. the the biggest the biggest video like of all time the the uh, side what was his name side the Gangnam Style video. Oh uh, yeah, uh huh. Oh guy. yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like style, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 paid for their views. You know. And um, sometimes people respect numbers, like the the viewers, the fans, like they say, okay, this video has like a million views, I'm gonna go check it out, and they'll get like a million on top of that, you know. Right. So um, so sometimes um, yeah, that it, it tells people like, oh, this is quality. Right. So Dream Chaser Films right now is headquartered in Oakland. Yeah. Are you living in Oakland too? No, I'm in uh, San Francisco right now, but uh, the majority of my work, I'm. East Bay, and you have like a consistent amount of work to make a living right now. Yeah, I, I'll say um, it's consistent enough to where I can like turn down projects and nice. You know, make make that's, a living. Yeah, that's the goal right there is to be able to say no. Yeah, I mean because when when I first started, you know, doing music videos, um, there, there weren't like a lot of artists out there. There weren't like a lot of directors. Um, now it's super saturated. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of people that come to me are are out there like you know I don't necessarily want to work with yeah I can make like a lot of money if I work with everybody but um, to be able to decide who you want to work with um, well it's very freeing you know relieving 
So what what uh what would make you not want to work with somebody? Just uh, I'm just curious. Uh, if their music is trash. Um. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it's trash. Uh, sometimes people have like bad attitudes, you know. Um, and you know, I, I, I like to say I work for myself, and if it's someone I, I don't really click with, you know, I don't right. even want to, you know, go down that road. So yeah, uh, just a co- combination of things. Yeah. Uh, here's another question, just complete, and you probably covered this already, but I'm just curious, like, 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 do your shoots, do they all vary? Like, are, are you working with, like, different size crews on, on each video, or, like, are they generally you and a camera, or, like, how do you go out on a video, or does it just completely depend on, on the budget and the artist and the song? Yeah, the artist, artist and the song, um, budget as well, like, if, if they have, um, the budget to to bring out the whole crew like when i first started out it would always be like you know my crew was always six people minimum mm. but uh as the cameras changed um you didn't need just just because like the canons you know a lot of cameras come out now they're good with low light you don't need to have like an extra person um operating lights or it's just it just seems like there's there's a less need for bigger crews with uh, the technology that's out right now what would be a six-person crew? That the what would each member of the team help? Uh, do? You know, just a camera director, uh, grip, someone working the lights, um, makeup artist, uh, production uh, producer. There you go. That's six right there. Yeah, yeah, and, and a lot of those things, you know, I do myself. I operate camera and direct. Um, sometimes I'll meet up with the artist and location scout. Um, and then depending on you know if, if what the budget is you know I'll, I'll hire people to to do those things I'll hire a DP you know how do you guys handle playback of audio um I have a pill I, I use <laughs> I use my Beats uh, pill <laughs> it, get, it gets pretty loud uh, if we're at a venue we'll, we'll plug in um, and who operates that the producer um uh, yeah the producer uh, a lot of times I'll I'll just uh, use some of their people you know just just get creative yeah like if, hey you come over here you're pressing play yeah yeah. Yeah, they, they, they always hate me for that, but, you know, I'll do it. Hey, I don't mind. Yeah, you got to get scrappy on the low-budget things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, have a, I have a whole bunch of questions, um, but I'm going to start with just going to go one by one. Um, <laughs> so, like, and again, you may have covered this already, but, like, I'm just curious, like, what is your ultimate goal with filmmaking slash making music videos. Let me let me modify that. We have not talked about this, but that's one of my questions mm-hmm. too. It's like, yeah. is music videos the goal, or is there something beyond it? And and if it is music videos in that world, like, what are you not currently doing that you want to do? Like, what's the next? What's next for Brian? That like the ultimate dream. Well, you know, um, when I was younger, like, uh, like. Uh, I would have like a curfew, like I would have to go to sleep and stuff. And uh, when I would, when I when I would have to go to sleep, my mom she would play like, all, all these oldies, and I would sometimes just like sneak into the living room and like just listen to the music and stuff. So I always had like a love for music. So music videos just came naturally. Like you know, I'm always listening to music, trying to search and find new artists. Uh, it's something. It's in the, the cool thing about music videos is you're you're able to accumulate a lot of resources and meet a lot of people you know network with a lot of different people versus a movie you know it's it's kind of it's kind of drawn out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard for me to answer the question like of what's my ultimate goal. Um, I, I love I love just being behind a camera just 
I mean, I could be shooting a wedding. It could be a music video. It could be a, a film. Well, let me ask you this um, then. Are you satisfied right now? Like, do you feel like you, you have, you, you could just stay in this chapter of your life until you die? I, I think <laughs> I, I could win like a, a million Damn. Grammys out and I won't be, <laughs> I could win like a million Grammys. I wouldn't be satisfied. I, I don't know. It's, it's really hard for me to just be, uh, I don't know, just complacent and just, just cool with one thing. I'm always trying to, you know, improve and, and stretch out and reach out and, and be like a better me. Yeah. But, so yeah. Let, let's like just focus in then. So like, you know, you're just happy shooting anything. But like, let's say, imagine you're just going to do music videos because it seems like no matter what you do, you'll probably always do music videos because it seems like you have a really yeah. strong passion for that. Like, yeah. what are your goals within music videos? Like, what would you love to do that you haven't done yet? Uh, work with bigger artists. Um, just do like just do some crazy stuff, like you know, shoot out out in the desert and bring in like a bunch of props and shoot stuff with helicopters and you know stuff stuff that like some of the earlier directors were doing, like you know, Dave Myers and you know. And like, do you do you like have a desire to do music videos that have more like of like a narrative thread to them, or is it just like it depends on what the song is and then you'll figure out what makes sense for the for the song. Well, I, I've I've come to find that um, your your ideas like they blossom depending on your resources. So um, even at this level, like I'll have like you know a great idea or a million million dollar idea, but um, it it falls apart if you don't have the resources to pull them off. Um, Here's another question. So um, I I have like very little experience with music videos. Like I've done like maybe one, and I've worked on a couple others. But one of the struggles I've had in trying to get a music video together is I would like pitch an idea that I thought was like brilliant based on the song. Like this, oh, this is the perfect way to like visualize the song, um, in a music video. And then I pitch it to the artist and then they're just not into it. And then it's just mm. like falls apart. But has that ever happened to you or does that happen to you on a regular basis? Like where you're just like, you have a really great idea and you bring it to the artist and they're just, they don't want that. Is that, is that something that you struggle with? Yeah, yeah, that that happens um, a lot. So sometimes it hurts your feeling, or sometimes uh, they'll they'll want to do like a different song, you know, um, and that idea may fall to the wayside. I think the more that an artist is able to see your vision, the more they're you know better at receiving it. So um, if I have an idea, I'll try to back it up with like you know visual references, like um, music videos that kind of like show it, or pictures. Uh, anything that I could do to, like to draw it out as much as possible, um, or sometimes like, yeah, they may not like the idea completely, but uh, the more yeah, the more you sell it with like like things that they can actually see, it, it tends to usually come across better for me. Mm. Yeah, but you know, you know, there's there's been artists that I, I've I've uh, wanted to work with, and I I've created like you know storyboards and everything, and just like shout it out to them like yo, um, let's let's do this. Like here's an idea. Like I listen to this song. And um, they they may uh they may like the idea, but they may not you know love the song. So so sometimes it'll you know create that relationship, and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll kind of see like what kind of work ethic and you know ideas you have to to work on something else. Mm. Um. So here's another question, and and this is like kind of more like not really a question, but more like something a conversation I'm interested in having with somebody who's actually in the music video uh, game that I'm I have like nothing to do with. But I, uh, so I watch a lot of music videos and I was mm-hmm. sort of 
um, noticing that this one director would pop up all the time. And he shot a music video in Oakland, I think a couple of years ago, uh, with Kendrick Lamar. And his name's Colin Tilly. Do you know this guy? Are you familiar with him at all? Yeah, yeah. Colin, Colin's dope. He's a, he does like amazing lighting work. Yeah, yeah. So I guess my question is like, you know, if, if like I see him pop up all the time and like he's like directing music videos for everybody, like, you know, all the big artists, like how do you, yeah. how do you get to that level? Like, you know, like how do you go to like get to his, cause it seems like he's just working with everybody. Like, I'm just curious, like, like, I don't know, is there any insight that you have to that or like any like thoughts of like how to jump, jump to that kind of place? Uh, sometimes it's doing like great work and for the right person. Um, and, and that can open up a door. Uh, I have a friend from the Bay Area. He, uh, he bought like a red camera, went to LA, shot two videos and he was able to move to LA from that. Wow. Um, yeah, sometimes it's just like a roll of the dice. Uh, Colin, I think he went to he went to a school in Berkeley. They have like a film school, mm. and um, he studied under Taj. Taj is a, an amazing director, uh, but he he uh, surpasses mentor Taj. You know, he just um, just kind of like created his own little style, and he was he shot videos for uh, some of the same people that I shot videos for. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you guys kind of came yeah, yeah. from the same background. In a way, yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. In a way, yeah. Um, but he, um, I, I forgot like who was the artist that he that he worked for that kind of like really like made him uh, big as he is. But uh, he just kept doing good work for you know no matter how good or, or bad the artist was, he just kind of like set a standard with his work. Mm. And that's and that's kind of what you gotta do. Like no matter who you work with, um, you may you may hate the song, you know, or, or you may hate the project. But if you put your all into everything you do, like you eventually like just keep growing. Nice, awesome. I want to know like what what's your biggest struggle right now? What what do you want that you can't seem to get? Uh, resources. That's that's a big thing for me. Um, like what? Like visual effects? Uh, yeah, visual effects. Um, like all props. Yeah, and and then um, a lot of time like like I, I used to have like a team. Like I used to have like a group a group of people and. Uh, they they kind of I mean throughout my career like I've always had like people that come and go and, and sometimes I'll find different directors I'll team up with on different projects uh, but when you have like those bigger projects that require more people and you don't have those people um, it's it's kind of harder to to get the resources together and, and it'll hurt it'll hurt your idea you know it'll it'll um, yeah so so like my biggest battle has been just um, finding the resources for my ideas is there like one role that you really like if you had like let's say a producer who you really trusted and loved to work with who was like always available to work with you would that be like the answer or is it like a different crew position that you're that you would really like benefit from having access to at all the times like is it i don't know just can you get more specific on the like what resources you're missing um well i guess um well well for instance like i'm I'm in the process of shooting this video right now. We're um we're gonna shoot on the Bay Bridge, the old Bay Bridge. Oh wow. So uh yeah, so so uh like and the resource came from the artist. Like he has like a you know, family member that, that's doing construction over there, so we have access to get to the bridge. Uh we're gonna bring like a band onto the bridge. Wow. Um and then and then it's like a love story, so we wanna like uh so so the resources we need, like we need to like get like a cast, so um 
And usually that usually like when you're casting like that, that can be like you know people from Craigslist or you know your social media or whatever. So um, and then there's like a couple of special effects that we need to do. But um, I'm kind of pulling all this in as an artist. It's kind of like sitting by idly. Ah, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's all you're the one, on you, one man show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm doing. I'm already like editing like eight projects right now. I'm planning. <laughs> I'm planning like five more. Now I gotta look for these people for this project. You know. It's, gotcha. You need. Sounds help, like you need so. a producer, yeah. man. I, it sounds like you need. Yeah, a producer. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I guess I need a producer. Yeah, a producer that also, that has like all the connections in the Bay Area mm-hmm. filmmaking community. So when you say like I need this thing, they have an answer and they don't have to like go research. Boom, it. it's yeah. done. Like, they, they kind of already know. Oh yeah, like I know a guy that can do that. Yeah. Or oh, I'll help you with casting. I'll put up a casting notice on SF Casting. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, because yeah, so uh, you can free your mind up. Yeah, like down in LA, like um, a lot of these big artists, like you know Wiz Khalifa's or whoever, like they'll just get like a production team and they'll make one phone call and they'll just have all these extras just pop up and just be in a video. <laughs> yeah, if you got the budget, you can do that, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I could get you a full staff of extras tomorrow, but if you'd have to be able to pay for them. <laughs> You know? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but getting extras with no money is like the most challenging thing in the world. Like I, I, I mm-hmm. produced a few short films recently where we need to get extras and just getting 10 women to come down and be in this like is like almost impossible if you have no money. It's just like, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it can be really hard. <laughs> yeah, they, then it just turns into favors, you know, people just doing you a favor. Right, but then if you have an artist that people like, you know, or that's kind of even well known in in a small a small community or a small like niche group, then that can really yeah. help, you know, get get people out. Like I worked on a movie um, in March, and there was a teen heartthrob who was in it, and we needed extras for a frat party scene, and so he just posted on his social media, and then like you know, fifty women came out like that, <laughs> and then it was like the problem was like, oh, it was all these like you know, 16 to 24 women. And we're like, wow, we need more dudes in this frat party scene. (laughs) So they started throwing crew in, you know, to like kind of even it out a little bit. Y'all got got lucky. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it just, it's really hard. Like, man, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those struggles. I I always wish like, oh yeah, one day I'll work on a movie or a project where I have a budget just to bring out um, extras casting <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah extras extras definitely help and it's like one thing that I feel like it's um something we don't do often enough as indie filmmakers because it mm-hmm. is it does cost money is probably the biggest reason um, but you also kind of need like another person to help direct those extras too. oh yeah the yeah. AD that's like a big yeah. thing that the AD <laughs> does is is uh yeah. you know uh there's a word for it but it's like basically trafficking the extras to to like oh blocking them basically blocking out the extras it's just like that is such a it's a crazy skill and a unique skill and i i yeah did you know that in the based on sag guidelines that the director can't direct extras oh really i didn't know yeah, that it's supposed yeah, to be if the director, director directs extras then um, they're considered OCPs, like the main main characters. So Whoa. to stay extras, they have to be directed by the first AD. Yeah. Because I was on a set here in LA where it was a SAG shoot, and I was directing, and I started talking to the extras, and I got chastised. Yeah. They're like you can't do that. You can't talk. Yeah. To be- them. Like, because Damn. then they'll they'll start. Um. You know. Then it brings them up to a higher pay grade suddenly. Exactly. And then they have to pay them yeah. out you, you know. You know what I do. Um. Uh, you know situations where I have to direct extras. I'll, I'll just I'll just find like the alpha male in the in the crew, 
like I'll just find whatever guy that everybody's listening to, like, like you know, because they maybe you know childhood friends with the high school, whatever. Right. And I'll talk yeah. to him like, like, hey, let's get all, let's get these twenty people over here, right there. They go, all right, I'll tell them right now. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just, yeah. Walk, yeah. I'll just go eat some chips. I'm like, all right. That's smart. See that? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what a director needs: people skills. Yeah, yeah. So, Brian, do you have money to pay for like additional resources? Like, do you have money to pay an editor or pay a a producer if we could help find one? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I, I have a couple of people um, that I go to sometimes too. But uh, yeah, definitely. I'm always looking for more editors, um, special effects. Everybody wants special effects right now. Hey, man, I'm well, down to collaborate, man. You know, yeah, hit us up. Like we, we're here to help you. Like we can help be your resources and and pair you up with people. Like we probably have different resources than you do. Mm-hmm. So like if you're struggling with this and you and you actually have money, um, it doesn't need to be a lot of money. But I think if you can just offer a little money, then we can definitely find some people to help. Yeah, you out. I, I'm right down on? to edit, man. Like I've been editing corporate yeah. videos uh, the last like month or so, and you know, just sizzle reels, cut to music, you know, whatever, and. Man, mm-hmm. it'd be fun to do something a little more creative. So yeah. hit me up. <laughs> I'd love definitely, to do it. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, and producing too. Like, I, I mean, it's funny. Like, I have a kind of a love-hate relationship with producing. Like, sometimes I get really frustrated that I'm, I'm like just doing the logistical stuff and, you know, sort of not really involved with the creative side as much. But then sometimes yeah. I'll be producing a project and I just get really in the zone of like just nailing all the logistics and like putting like the, the pieces together. And, um, mm. it was funny, like the, the last project I, I produced this short film in June and I was dreading it up to doing it. I was like, I don't want to do this project. I don't want to do this project. And then when we finally mm. did it, I loved it. It was amazing. Like, and I'm really proud of the mm. final piece, you know? Uh, nice. so I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm down to produce too, especially if it's the right project and the right, the right thing, you know? So just, yeah, you should, you should just, you know, keep me, keep me up to date on what's going on and what you need. Cause I, uh, I might be able to help you out, you know? Okay. Yeah. That'd be a blessing. Yeah. Sounds good. I, I love how this podcast has turned into me like fishing for work <laughs> from Brian. Yeah. <laughs> we know we're going to be that. That'd be funny if this is all the podcast become is we just invite people on that might be able to give us jobs. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for work. I, I can edit. I can produce. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hook me up. Hey, you got you to gotta network till your neck hurt. Oh, man. I mean, I could probably ask a lot more questions because I, I, I find the world of music videos very fascinating and something that mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of wanted to be involved with more, but I've just... It's just never really worked out really in the past, you know, and, and I, then I kind of made this conscious decision at one point to just focus on narrative filmmaking and not try to, um, you know, focus on nabbing music video projects. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I like this question that you have on the bottom here. I don't know if you've asked already and, you know, you're talking about the struggles of like resources and trying to to get a project together and work with the right art, artist or whatever. And it sounds like you, you really have to hustle to make that happen. Um, yeah. But like, w- at what point would it be not worth it to 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 hustle to make these music videos happen? Like, what would make you like say fuck this shit? Uh, it's, it's never not a reason to hustle, you know, because because if you don't put all your effort into it, you always you'll be left with the question of what if, you know. And um. And if and if you want to excel to you know to the next level, you always have to put like one hundred and ten percent into everything you do. Damn nice. it, Brian, you have such a good attitude. Yeah, man, I love it. Like it sounds like you're committed to this, and that you're just going to be doing this for the rest of your life. And that's kind of how I think Timothy and I both feel about um, our our filmmaking and our 
you know, our creative art that we're just, no matter what happens, like we'll always be doing it no matter what level we have to do it at. You know, it sounds like you're in mm-hmm. the same boat, which is awesome. So, yeah. Definitely. I just want to say like, Brian, like you, you've like achieved something that is pretty near impossible. Like you found a way to make a living off of one very distinct skill. Like you're making music videos. Like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of freelancers are out there and, and Ulrich is an example of this where they're just like grabbing whatever they can find. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, I'm a, I'm a producer, I'm an editor, I'm a script supervisor, I'm a first mm-hmm. AD. I'm like, whatever you can do, but you're like so honed in and you've like managed to figure out a way to make a living doing what you love. And it's like, it's really inspiring. And like having known you since you were 17 years old and seeing you like create this business it's like really it's it's like one of the coolest things that's happened in my lifetime oh thanks man i, I appreciate it i don't I'm, I'm actually going back to europe um i think uh yeah in like a month or two that's so cool yeah i'm going back out there with uh little dicky we're uh, we're actually going to london and uh then we're going to, um i think we're going to paris brussels a couple different places like i never thought i would be going like to europe like especially <laughs> awesome. like twice in Twice in one year and stuff. Yeah, dude, and, um, it's amazing. It sounds like you really, you're not taking it for granted. Like if, if I was in your situation, like my personality would be like, oh, it's not good enough. Like I, I need, <laughs> you know, I need, I'm not talented enough. Like why am I not uh-huh. getting the opportunities or like, I don't know. I would, just, I think I'd be beating myself up a lot more and maybe you are like privately, but you sound like you have a really good attitude for it and you're, you're like not taking it for granted and you know what it is and mm-hmm. you're just trying to get as good as you possibly can given the stage that you're at and you're not you're not it doesn't seem like you're looking for the the next big thing you're just like kind of focused on the work that you have to do and i think that's the smartest way you can do it is like just keep your head down focus on that specific job that you've got in front of you try to do the best job that you can and if you do the best job you can that's just going to uh, give you the best chance at creating more opportunities. That's all you have control over. You have no control over if your video does well online, if the right person sees it, if if people perceive you as being a a bit big success or not. Like you you can't mm-hmm. control all those things. So I like that you're just focusing on the thing you can control, which is making your videos the best you possibly can. Yeah. It's 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 awesome, man. I mean, because I, I I just went to your YouTube channel this morning, and from when I first uh, was looking you up, I saw that you already have another vi- music video out, like just a month ago or whatever. And then I'm sure it sounds like you have li- way way more coming out in the future. So it just it seems like you're you're making it happen. You're living the dream, which is like super awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's it's definitely a blessing, like to travel and meet different people and see different things. Um, and, and you know you want to do what you would do for free, and like music videos is something I would do for free. You know, it's, it's yeah. a passion of mine. You know, that's uh, awesome. Luckily, I'm not doing it for free. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But well, if uh, but you I ever would, lose you know. enthusiasm for it, or you start beating yourself up, like let us know. We'll have you back on the podcast, and we will talk you up. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't sound like a, there's a danger of that happening. No, not right now. <laughs> oh no, no, not anytime soon. Uh, so where can people find you if they if they want to reach out? Um, well, my website is uh, dreamchaser-films.com. Uh, you can catch me on social media, director Brian Storm, uh, City by Storm, uh, <laughs> whatever, wherever social media you're on. But uh, yeah, What's your Snapchat username? Snapchat is City by Storm. 
because that's my favorite. I love your Snapchat feed. Uh huh. Yeah, I'll be. You going always in. look so happy. You're like doing. You're like on the way to a shoot, or you're like doing something fun. Like I don't know. Uh-huh. You just always have, have like such a good attitude. You make me laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be crazy in Europe, man. It's gonna be a lot of moving around. It'd be, it'd be kind of hard to to snap when I'm on tour, but uh, they get kind of mad if I'm holding my phone instead of the camera. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I'll be yeah. following you. Uh, cool, cool, man. All right, nice. Alric, take us out. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Timothy. Thank you, Brian, for being on the show, and thanks for everyone for listening. Uh, if you like the show, tell your friends about us or leave us a review on iTunes. You can check out our website at makingmoviesishard.com where you can subscribe to, subscribe to our show notes and share your thoughts on this episode. You can also give us, give us a shout out on Twitter at MMIHpodcast or send us an email at podcast at makingmoviesishard.com. So that's the show. I'm sorry I missed part of it. My internet sucks. Um, but <laughs> well, glad you could join us. Yeah, and it was great talking to you, Brian. I, I feel like I could probably talk to you for another like hour or two, just uh-huh. pick your brain on stuff and hear about your story more and, and hear about where you're going and what you want to achieve. So I don't know. Yeah, you're welcome back to the podcast anytime. Well, and You guys are both in Oakland. You guys should just go have coffee. Oh, you're should... in Oakland too? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm on, on Grand Avenue. Yeah, right over here. So Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, any th- last words, everybody? Brian, any any last things you want to say? Uh, just just keep chasing the dream, you know. Never uh, never fall back, man. Just just keep pushing that that hard line, you know. Just keep it going. <laughs> nice, That's awesome. Keep chasing the dream. <laughs> All right. Talk to you guys later. All right. See ya.